Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. This is season Ocho episode dos. Nice. Going Spanish. I always appreciate your Spanish fluency, Terry. It's never ending and marvel to me. I understand your appreciation, Alan, Mm -hmm. and I appreciate your appreciation. (laughs) I appreciate that you appreciate my appreciation, Terry. Let's end that right there. (laughs) We're coming to you today from close to Columbus, Ohio, former home of Coach Woody Hayes. And today we're going to be talking about coaching. And I think Woody is a good model of what it means to coach. Get in somebody's face and yell at them a little bit, right, Alan? No, that's not at all Uh, what an example of a really good coach is. All right. I'm Terry, Church Ministries Leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, Director of Development for the Eastern PA Alliance. With us as well, Isaac Charles, our producer, Administrative Specialist for Church Ministries, and church planter of Jubilee Indian Alliance Church. Love it. In Columbus, Love it. Ohio. Wow. He has more titles than we do. He does. It doesn't all fit on a business card. Wow. How about that? So, uh, hey, today's guest, Alan, is uh, somebody who's been highly influential in your life and ministry. Chad Hall, founder and president of Coach Approach Ministries. Tell us a little bit about Chad and why you appreciate their ministry so much? Well, there was a point in my ministry after planting a church for a while that I honestly had to come to the realization that I really wasn't equipping people that well. Um, and I needed to do it better. And I also wanted our, I realized there wasn't around the same time, I realized there wasn't a simple factory way to make disciples that it had to be something that people could engage in conversationally. And uh, it's different for every person on their journey. And I just started, you know, researching it left and right. And I stumbled across a book called Faith Coaching, which Chad wrote and we talk about on here. And and that was the beginning of my coaching journey. And so uh, he's been influential on me, not just him, but his organization, the resources and training they produce. And so when we've talked about having a coach on here, to me, he was an easy choice. Plus, he's going to be a fun guest. I'm sure of that. He is going to be a fun guest. He's from uh, Hickory, North Carolina. Home of Dale Jarrett, number 88. Wow. NASCAR. So you better clarify NASCAR because somebody might not know that. Well, now they do. Thanks to you, Terry. We are a source of multifaceted information. Or some would say a compendium of useless information. You you have said that. Yes, I think I'm more accurate, actually. So grab yourself a cold brew from modern times. In Chula Vista, California, based on the recommendation of Jeff out there in the South Pacific District. Thank nice. you, Jeff. Thanks for listening. So grab that uh, cold brew, sit back, relax. Here we go. So we're pleased to welcome to Equipping You Podcast, Chad Hall. Chad, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Chad, uh, we like to give our listeners uh, the opportunity to get to know our guests. We always say a little. I'm not sure. It's like we don't want them to know too much about our guests. Or I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but can you give us a l- little bit of a timeline of your journey 
from growing up to coming to know Christ uh, to where you are today? Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in, uh, you know, parents took me to church. I grew up in a Baptist church and so came to know the Lord as a youngster, nine years old, baptized. And, um, you know, like a lot of kids, it was something serious to me, but didn't really become serious until uh, probably freshman year of college. And uh, felt a call on my life at that point of if this Jesus thing's real and true, then it should change everything, including what I did for a living. So I, I switched majors. I don't know if I switched majors. I was undecided. I don't think that's technically a major, um, but uh, <laughs> it is for some people, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Some people are I, really I know good some, at it. I know some 40 and 50 year olds who are still undecided. So uh, <laughs> some days I'm one of them. And, um, but uh, I, you know, I just didn't know anything about ministry. Uh, nobody in my family had been to college. Nobody really kind of knew that world. And so I said, well, I guess I'll major in religion. That seems like the kind of thing you do if you were going to be a pastor. And so I, I did that. I knew so little about it that I was actually at a Lutheran college uh, majoring in religion and um, ended up uh, starting to serve churches as a senior uh, eventually did divinity school, uh, did another seminary degree. In fact, while I was uh, doing a, my second degree in Princeton, I was a part of an Alliance church up in uh, oh, Princeton, New Jersey. So, didn't know that. Very cool. Yeah. And um, eventually worked for the Baptist State Convention in North Carolina as a leadership consultant. They, uh, that was, I was in my late 20s, uh, and that was in the late 1990s when they were just really looking for anybody under 30 who knew how to work a computer <laughs> and had some pastoral experience. And I had I had been a pastor of a small rural church for three years while I was in divinity school. And so I checked all the boxes and I got some business cards printed up. I was official. I was a leadership consultant. Wow. For a, a, impressive. Yeah. 4,000. I think we had 4,000 churches in the denomination. But yeah, and that's actually where I got introduced to coaching and um, started coaching some of those folks and uh, eventually... I became a coach for a software company, later the director of a coach training program at a seminary out on the West Coast, where I was, again, part of an Alliance church ah, um, in Portland, which, Oregon. Which one? And um, yeah. And Mosaic? So, Mosaic. Yep. Yeah. In wow. fact, my wife did the books for Mosaic for many years. Okay. Well, Go so figure. she's not a coach. She's an accountant. So yeah. that makes better sense. Yeah, <laughs> better sense. I got you there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Alan, well, the next question is yours, I believe. Well, actually, I'm curious about this question, you know, because I've uh, been interacting with you for a better part of a decade through your coach approach ministry. But I don't know if I've ever heard you really say uh, who's influenced you as a leader. So if I turn my camera to the other wall um, in my office here, um, I actually have pictures of people who have influenced me. Wow. By the way, I printed nine pictures. I could only find six frames. So some people didn't make the cut. Wow. Um, and so I, I'll, I'll mention just a couple of the people who I'm actually looking at now on my other wall. Uh, one is C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. and um, which I don't always think of as a leader, but a thought leader and somebody who uh, through just reading from him, I just learned so much about, um, I think, a balanced approach to faith, taking faith seriously. I think he kind of speaks my 
spiritual language. Um, another person who was a real influence on me, whose picture I do not have on my wall, uh, thankfully, he's just not that handsome, was a guy that I was in seminary with or in divinity school with. Again, I was a pastor when I was uh, at Duke Divinity, and he was another Baptist who was there at that uh, Methodist Divinity School. And I, I'll never forget, he said, are you a leader? And I said, no, I'm a pastor. And he said, wrong answer. You're, if you're a pastor, you're a leader. Wow. Now, granted, he was my age, but he was talking to me as if I was his nephew, um, a guy by the name of Nelson Searcy. So Nelson oh, has hey. wow. gone on and does really good stuff, uh, planted several churches and stuff. But uh, Nelson, um, I can easily say I wouldn't be interested in leadership. I wouldn't be interested in coaching. I wouldn't be, you know, really kind of doing what I'm doing today if it weren't for his influence. Wow. I haven't heard his name in a while. That's Hopefully cool. he doesn't listen to this podcast because he'll, you know, he'll expect a Christmas card or something. Everybody mm-hmm. listens to this podcast, Chad. I don't know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, Sorry. I well, I am... thought maybe this episode, maybe, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. he might skip this one. Yeah, that's thinking. true. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we can try to get it to him somehow. <laughs> if you can connect us with him, we'd love to talk to him on the podcast. Yeah, right. oh, okay. Hey, uh, we want to clear up for any of our listeners who happen to be football fans, and we believe all of our listeners are, <laughs> as much as we talk we about sports on here. <laughs> you you lost all the ones who aren't. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> they know better by now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen so, to a few episodes, you'll get the idea. <laughs> we want to make clear that you are not an assistant coach with the Buffalo Bills, as far as we know, at least. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Okay. Okay, good. And that, in fact... You are a completely different kind of coach. What kind of coach are you? I am by title an executive coach or a leadership coach. So uh, I guess I would uh, use the adjective leadership coach considering the business that I run here in North Carolina. It's called Strong Lead, and we work with leaders to strengthen them through coaching. So, yeah, I'm a leadership coach. There you go. So how'd you get your start in coaching? You mentioned a little bit of it uh, earlier, yeah. uh, but tell us more. Kids were in little. Yeah. League and- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And you start with T-ball and uh, <laughs> no, no, that's not it. No, as, as I mentioned, I was a leadership consultant. That was the official title when I worked for the North Carolina Baptist Convention. And there were a few of us there that really were like, what are we, if we're a consultant, I was thinking like, like an organizational consultant, like working for Boston Consulting or something. And so we clamored a little bit for some training and how to actually consult with the churches. And uh, we didn't know anybody who can train us in consulting. Instead, we knew some people who could train us in coaching, which was, again, kind of emerging at the time. And so we, uh, as a denomination, contracted with Jane Cresswell, Jane was at the time with IBM um, and had started the coaching initiative at IBM. And um, yeah, and honestly, with the with the North Carolina Baptist Convention, like a lot of denominations, coaching was sort of the flavor of the month that month uh, for a season, but it really stuck with some of us. And uh, we really kind of reframed our entire uh, approach to working with ministry leaders, working with churches. And so I was trained as a coach. And to begin with, most of the coaching I did was was what we called congregational coaching. So working, helping a congregation kind of envision its future, 
own that process, discover what was next, take action on it. Along the way, started coaching uh, more of the pastors and other ministry leaders who are part of those congregations. But yeah, that's that's how I got into this game. That was probably around 2004. All right. So when people refer to coaching and ministry, it, it's sometimes hard to know right away what they mean. Uh, some are thinking of a consultant. Others are thinking of some kind of a mentor. So when you talk about a coach, Chad, what do you mean? Well, I like to talk about it actually in sort of distinction or in contrast with the two things you mentioned, consulting and mentoring, and maybe even a third, which would be counseling. That's what some people think of. They don't think of it long once they start talking to me, but um, just a word they might think uh, of a counselor. Um, So the distinction with coaching and mentoring or consulting, a mentor or a consultant tends to be the expert. So they're going to give you some insight. They're going to give you some wisdom, some advice. The consultant typically based on kind of subject matter expertise, a mentor based more on their own experience. They're kind of giving you some answers or some insights. Coaching is is different in that it's drawing those insights out of the other person. So it's about asking questions, about good listening, and it's about kind of helping them discover what's next for them, what it will take, what their motivation is things like that. And then coaching is distinct from counseling in that counseling typically is therapeutic. It's about finding healing, um, getting to a place of understanding and acceptance of something that has um, uh, kept you stuck. And it's typically about the past, um, whereas coaching is really not focused on the past at all. It's not therapeutic. Um, It's more about goal setting, making decisions to move you toward those goals. Excellent. I love that. I've used that. Uh, I've heard you say it in other settings, uh, and I've used that uh, description as well. So I appreciate it. I really it. just pulled a string that comes out of my back, and uh, <laughs> that comes out. So <laughs> that's great. That's amazing how you could do that without us noticing. I'm pretty impressed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Chad, I first uh, stumbled across you, I would say, maybe sovereignly stumbled, I guess, but uh, I read your book, Faith Coaching. You know, probably hmm. I'm going to say it's 11 years ago, maybe 12 years ago or so. Uh, and then because of that, I attended the first two levels of uh, the training from Coach mm-hmm. Approach Ministries, your organization. But so we want to hear about both of those. I actually, but uh, to start with the book, it's over 10 years old now. And uh, I still recommend it as one of my favorite coaching books. What led you to write that book in the first place? Well, first of all, I also recommend it as one of my favorite coaching books. So I'm glad no we have that in agreement. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> did you write a recommendation on the cover or anything? I did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the best books I've ever read. <laughs> read or written. That's yeah. I think that was the exact quote. Um, oh my no. there you go. What what got me to write that book and along with my co-authors, um, it really kind of goes back to what got me hooked on coaching to begin with. Like, I honestly, at first I heard about coaching. I was kind of like, well, okay. Like I said, flavor of the month. But once I reframed it and realized this is a revolutionary approach to discipleship, because in, you know, in the Baptist world that I had grown up in, discipleship was a program. Discipleship was you come, you take a class, you fill in the blanks. Everybody's kind of filling the same thing in the same blanks. And I realized that coaching was kind of this custom, customized, very personal 
way of helping another person discover what forward was for them and what what it meant to move ahead in life. And if you could apply that in a discipleship context of a person's relationship with God, what would it mean for me to be more Christ-like? You know, that what would it mean for you to be more Christ-like? And a lot of that's based on the circumstances that are in our lives, the opportunities that are right there. And God may be drawing you forward in a different way than he's drawing me forward. And so the idea that you could use coaching to help somebody grow in their faith instead, and not really even instead of more of a curriculum-based, I mean, curriculum-based stuff is good, but this just seemed like it filled in some gaps that um, I saw. And so I got pretty excited about coaching as an approach to discipleship and evangelism. And um, th- that got me hooked on coaching. And I eventually, so we got to, we got to write a book on this. We got to put this into print somehow. And mm. um, so, yeah, that's what we did. And that you did. What about your organization, Chad? What is a coach approach and what led you to start coach approach ministries? So we were doing some training um, and a handful of us, said, okay, let's make an organization of this. And, you know, I don't know if it was sort of by accident or happenstance or kind of a a blind nut finding an acorn or what, but um, we started it as a, as a way to train ministry leaders, not necessarily to become coaches, but instead to help ministry leaders begin to take a coach approach in their ministry. So, but the, our distinction there is, you know, uh, a coach, What like what I do for a living when I'm coaching leaders is I coach them. That's, that's what I do. But if you are, in a, if you're a pastor, if you're, um, you know, executive pastor, uh, if you're a missionary, you're not a coach, you're a missionary or a pastor or, you know, an associate pastor or whatever. And so, the goal wasn't to help people become coaches per se. It was to help them take a coach approach to how they did ministry. And that was an approach where instead of having to have all the answers for everybody, you could facilitate other people discovering the next step for themselves, discovering kind of what that required of them, what actions they needed to take. And just because when you do that, the person that you're working with has so much ownership of their own journey. And you're freed up to be able to work with a lot more people, not just people who are kind of on the same path that you're on or people who need answers to the things you have answers for, but you you can work with a lot of different people then. And so ministry leaders who use a coach approach, they do that with their staff, with parishioners. uh, They do it with uh, people in their community. They can be curious. They can ask questions. They can discover what's next as a way of facilitating their growth and, and forward movement. That's fantastic. Love it. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I feel like it is exactly the way I would have described the impact that that shift has had on me. So thank you mm-hmm. for putting that into words. But what, what, well, I'm, see, I'm going to ask the questions now. Oh, okay. I see how it do, is. Right? I see how it is. Yeah. What, how would you describe the shift? So the shift from what to what? Wow. Well, probably the biggest thing, actually, I think becoming a coach approach kind of took the pressure off me. I felt like I yeah. always had to have the answers. And uh, and then you're like, oh, man, I, I can't do that. I don't have the answers. And then I, you know, to discover that I don't have to have the answers, but th- that I can learn to ask great questions that help them changed 
really just changed my whole focus. And it made, it actually made me less me centered because mm-hmm. I was always thinking, oh, oh boy, they're talking. What am I going to say to them? What am I going to say to them? It helped me to be more them centered, you know? Yeah. So it, it kind of took the pressure off me so I could actually love them by helping them discover how God was leading them. And it helped me relax, which then, of course, I believe help, helps me to follow God's leading more as well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I, it's just kind of all domino affects itself kind of way that way and how it's helped me. It's just brought a lot of joy, you know, because for me, I've discovered a lot more joy in people having those aha moments than in, than in wow, I just gave them really great advice, you know, right. I, I would whether, much whether rather. Whether they wanted it or not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. To, to have them have that aha moment or to have somebody say, man, I never thought of it that way before. You know, like, and not because I said something brilliant, but because I asked a question that shifted their perspective to look at it differently. I mean, that's priceless to me. And uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And I think it's really helped me in, you know, coaching church planters or just meeting with uh, just helping a lot of pastors have been discouraged and tired the last couple of years, you know, so helping them with that. So anyhow, there, I hope you're satisfied, Chad. (laughs) <laughs> All right. I'll, I may ask a few more. Go. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to. I took, welcome. I took over. That's good. That's yeah. good. I appreciate it. I love that. Thanks for asking. Um, so I will come back to you now then, since we're, we're talking all around this, but uh, what are the essential skills of coaching? So I'm going to twist that question into the one I would prefer you ask. Okay. Um, Man, and I'm gonna say that it's, <laughs> now he's rewriting our question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that and, and here's why: it, when you focus too much on the skills, they become techniques, mm. and they become techniques that you're using with the same mindset that you had before. Mm. And so, if I start talking about skills like listening and asking questions, and you know that kind of thing, if a person hasn't made the shift in their mindset, they they really aren't going to be very effective in the skill set. And so the mindset is the one that you mentioned, the mindset shift of, I don't have to have all the answers. The other person is creative and resourceful. They have a lot of answers. They have a lot of dots. I can help them connect them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can draw that out. I can help discover it. And the biggest mindset shift is it's not about me. It's not about me performing well and uh, getting all the ooey gooey good feelings mm-hmm. of uh, giving some good direction or good expertise, some answers. And so if you have that mindset shift, um, then you can add the skills. And the skills are, uh, one is just being curious, mm-hmm. uh, being curious. What What is next for this person? What do they mean by that? How much do they want that? Um, what would that look like? And so you can hear curiosity naturally fuels questions. So coaches do ask a lot of questions, questions that or coaches also make observations, you know, Hey, here's what I'm noticing for you. Here's what I notice, maybe a theme of what um, is being heard. Um, and sometimes coaches challenge and the challenge typically isn't that the coach is, you know, maybe being like that football coach you were talking about earlier, you know, I need you to run through this wall, but more of like when you hear a person sort of on the edge of what's possible, and they're just not quite willing to step into it, you can issue a challenge to invite them into that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's really about helping them take the actions that they need to take and become the kind of person that they need to become. 
Absolutely. And you just alluded to one of your other uh, books, a smaller one, but very good as well. Mm-hmm. Coaching mindset. Love that. I've given that out a bunch of times, mostly because it's cheaper. Uh, no, yeah. but, uh, no, honestly, it's, it's very good and it does help people think differently. I, I had somebody write a review of it saying it wasn't very long. So they give it two stars. What? It's 99 cents. I, I, I don't, I, and you know, what's 99 cents because I couldn't charge 49 cents. So Amazon won't yeah. let you, I don't, I, I think, ah, I love it. I, I just vented. Sorry. Yeah. You vent away, my friend, yeah. vent away. So what, what results should coaches be aiming for when they coach people in their ministries? In their ministries, you should. So I'm going to think of it in two ways. Um, coaching results in increased performance, improved performance, and growth. And those are your two, those are your two outcomes. Now, given your context, performance and growth can look very different. So if you're coaching, you know, maybe a staff member, well, performance could be the results that they're getting in terms of, you know, uh, the, I don't know, the classes that they're teaching, the volunteers they're recruiting. The, I, don't, I don't know how worship leaders measure uh, performance, but however worship leaders do that, you know. Hitting maybe, the right uh, notes. Hitting the right notes. Um, the band not breaking up. I, you know, I don't know. But performance is about the results that you get. So you should see increased results, whatever area of performance you're responsible for. Uh, so a lot of times with pastors, when I'm coaching a pastor, um, they're getting uh, results in terms of they become better at uh, time management. Uh, they become better at staff leadership. They become better uh, at maybe setting boundaries. Um, but that's the performance side. The other side, the side that really intrigues me is the growth side. So oftentimes in order to perform at a higher level, a person has to grow into being a stronger person. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see character development. You're going to see an increase in uh, courage. Uh, you're going to see an increase in wisdom. You're going to see an increase in confidence. Um, and those, so those kind of internal changes for a person, um, I call that becoming a better version of yourself. Again, if you are coaching in a ministry setting, you should see people growing into more Christ-likeness, which is both growth and performance. Uh, you're going to see a, uh, a change of nature that expresses itself outwardly. And, um, and again, that would be broadly described uh, in a, you know, as sanctification. Mm. Love it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, I really, I'm not exaggerating when I say that uh, moving to a coach approach has helped me in my marriage, my parenting, my friendships. So am I just weird? Amen. Or, Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or honestly, should most people expect coaching to help them in multiple areas of life? Yeah. So I, I appreciate it's not an either or question. I think, <laughs> I think it's both and. Uh, <laughs> good word. Good word, Chad. You're, you're weird and... People uh, experience. That. Thank you. I appreciate. You're that. not an outlier. That that would be the thing. Okay. Well, so I, I'm not an outlier. Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> and the the reason is that mindset shift that I talked about. Once you begin to approach life as, oh, I don't have to have all the answers, and and the thing that clicks for a lot of people is they realize I can engage without being controlling. And I, I think we live with this wow, um, false belief that. The only reason I would engage someone is in order to control them. Mm. 
And if I don't want to control them, I have to disengage. And coaching provides this combination. I can engage and not have to control. And you begin to realize, oh, wouldn't that be a good way to be with my children or, you know, spouse or coworkers or neighbors? So, yeah, now not everybody makes that shift, but a lot of people who go through a coach training program uh, experience something very similar. I like that. Engage without controlling. That's a, that's good. a winning phrase. Yep. So, Chad, what's the best way for people to get connected with Coach Approach Ministries and begin taking a coach approach to life and ministry? That would be probably to visit our website, coachapproachministries.org. There's a ton of resources there. Uh, we typically release a blog post a week and have done that for a long time. Well, I have fed that dragon for a long time, every week. <laughs> and um, we also release a podcast a week. And my uh, partner with Coach Approach Ministries, Brian Miller, uh, has fed that dragon for almost as long, several years of yes. weekly podcasts. Enjoy and uh, so, yeah, a lot of resources there. Um, and then, of course, you know, we are coach training providers. So if folks want to move beyond the free resources or just books, we have an entire certification program that folks can engage, but you can learn all about it at coachapproachministries.org. Well, and for the record, <clears throat> uh, Brian served as a coach for our district in the Eastern Pay Alliance, and he did a you're really gonna, good job. Wait a minute. So you're going to get this on record? It's on record. Yes. Yes. Okay. So well, I don't want you to be able to deny it later. I would expect nothing less. He's an yes. excellent coach and a good yes. friend. He is, he is a good coach. Uh, I think he really epitomizes well the coaching mindset. And when I feel like he's coaching me, I feel like, yeah, I get it. It's good. Yeah. Chad, can I say one more thing? Yeah, is that all right? What, I, I'd like you to comment on this one thought here. So I feel like when I'm being coached, I'm also growing as a coach because I'm learning from how people are coaching me. What makes that happen? I think it's kind of swimming around in that world of coaching and just that way that people are with one another. You know, we talk about there are four ways you can become a better coach. You can coach, you know, just get reps. Uh, you can observe somebody else coaching. That's pretty helpful. You can get training. That's what we do. And uh, you can get coached. And when you, when you get coached and you're kind of in the seat of the person who it's being drawn out of, you really kind of see oh, what's, what's working, what isn't working. And I think you become a better coach. And then I would say the flip side is really true for me. I, you know, I coach leaders and I, I learn so much from them as their coach. Yeah. Um, I would say that goes that way too, for me. Yeah. 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 Thanks. I appreciate you adding that bonus question there. Thanks, Terry. Well, thanks, Chad. We appreciate you. Uh, talking with us about coaching today. Didn't go through your training, but coaches training has been a very important part of my ministry over the years as well. I would have, I just didn't know about your training. Yeah. It's probably what tells you back in life. It, prob um, it probably Imagine is. where you'd be. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, awesome. imagine I'm overwhelmed at the thought, Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it, it does change your mindset. And so I appreciate what you've shared with us today. Uh, my pleasure. Enjoyed hanging out with you guys and uh, take care. We'll, we'll see you in Coach Approach Land again, I'm sure. Thanks. Yes, sir.
Really enjoyed uh, having Chad on, Alan. He's a likable chap. A likable chap. That he is a likable chap for sure. I did not know that he had Alliance connections along the way, that his wife even served on staff in an Alliance church. Amazing. How about that? It is amazing. So uh, what would you say to our listeners about this whole issue of coaching as a parting shot today, Alan? Well, I think, you know, Ephesians 4, says that it's our role as leaders in the church to equip the saints. And for me, coaching has come become an integral part of that. And I like the way that he phrased it, not just trying to be a coach, but to just have a coach approach. You know, how can you make that shift? And uh, it really makes a difference to not have to have the answers all the time. Not that you can't give them, because certainly we have them sometimes, and we have been around the ministry block a few times. But to not start with that, yep. by start by helping them to discover it, because they're going to own it and learn it much more deeply if it becomes a discovery they make. And so, uh, yeah, it was valuable. I appreciated that. I love the phrase that we can engage people without controlling them. Yep. Oh, man, yep. I will be saying that over and over again. Yep, I love it. So uh, next time we'll have Danielle Kemp talking about alpha oh i'm looking forward to that conversation yeah, me too so uh hey terry yes before we leave could we remind people to share this with people i wish you would do that Alan. i'm going to remind you all my good listeners friends uh we appreciate you so much uh drink recommendations uh random comments through facebook messages about what you enjoyed about the episodes so when you do Share that with somebody else uh, or, or like it on your Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you want to like it, uh, because the more you share it, the more we get to encourage and equip more people. And uh, we think that God has given us an opportunity here that uh, is a real blessing. So share it away. Please do. And uh, join us next time. Meanwhile, keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.